Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody that's joining us online to Vessels of Honor. Uh, We're going to continue in our series uh, on the problem is not the problem. And uh, we've stayed on track mostly <laughs> through it, <laughs> which is, you know, you get that with me. Um, so let's go over to, J- you're going to be headed to James chapter 1. And uh, last week we discussed the uh, important combination of faith and wisdom. And so this is a combination of our, uh, was a combination of our first two points in the series, the importance of faith and then the importance of wisdom. And so this week, I'd like to uh, look at our last point, which is there is no substitute for obedience when receiving answers to problems. So there is no substitute for obedience when receiving answers to problems. And we're going to James chapter 1, and let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness. Father, we're born again. Thank you. We're saved. We're going to heaven when this is all said and done. If you don't come uh, put on the big vacuum out of heaven and suck us all out of here before. (laughs) In the rapture. But Lord, we just are so grateful for your goodness. We're so grateful for your kindness. We're so grateful for your just daily loading us with benefits and mercy and grace And so, Lord, we don't want to come before your word or treat each day with uh, or live in it how the world lives in it, but we purpose to walk in the spirit and not by the flesh. Lord, we don't have time down here for any of the world's uh, and the demonic influence that's going on. And we want to honor you every day saying this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, this is our one opportunity on this earth to live a life of faith that brings uh, pleasing to you. And so we thank you for that. We bless you. Holy Spirit, you're the one who gives us utterance in the Holy Ghost. And you share with us the words exactly as the Father decides and purposes. So I yield myself to you, and I thank you that you're going to speak through me this morning. And Lord, as truth comes, light comes. As light comes, we see what to do. And as we obey your word, we'll have manifestations of your graces in our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I had never seen the rapture like that before. I had my eyes shut, and I saw this huge shot back, you know, just, you know. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. All right. So there is no substitute for obedience when receiving answers to problems. There is no substitute for obedience when receiving answers to problems. So this is something that uh, the Spirit of God has continually dealt with me about. Um, Now, when we think of um, obedience, don't... Don't let your mind go to, you know, there's been a lot of teaching, and it's good teaching, on that we're not under the law, right? 
Like we're not earning our salvation, correct? That's good teaching, right? But like with every, as Pastor Herb says, with every mile of road, there's two miles of ditches. And that is with every truth, every one. People say, well, I just don't want that to be. You're, that's a pipe dream. You're on the planet. The devil is going to try and shove you one way or the other. So when grace is preached real heavy, and Paul brought this out because that's why Romans 6 is in the Bible, the tendency of people that hear grace think, oh, I can do what I want. Do you know why? Or I can live however I want. Do you know why they think that way? Because they're carnal. They're naturally thinking. Now, are they excited about the fact that this is undeserved, unearned? We can't earn forgiveness. We just have to receive. I mean, God just gave it based on the, not based on our works, but based on who he is. Oh, we're very excited about it. But as Paul said in Romans 6, he said, he said, that doesn't mean you have a license to just live any way you want. You know, he said, look, if some people say, if, if my sin has increased the grace of God, shouldn't I just sin more? And then he said, God forbid, which is about as strong a statement as you can make. Right? So what is the importance of obedience and holiness then? What, what role does it play? Well, it doesn't affect God's level of love for you and me. It affects the manifestation of his graces in this life. So I'm going to make some statements that make a lot of people mad, but they won't make you mad. But I want to help you understand what, uh, what the importance here on this side is. People will say, like I had somebody tell me, I had a, a, a uh, I can't say a Paul and uh, Barnabas moment out in the lobby after a Sunday service one Sunday because we weren't that tight, you know, the guy that I was having the confrontation with. Um, but I had, a, I, I had a, a, a sharp disagreement, as the book of Acts puts it, <laughs> a sharp disagreement, right? There's a guy waiting for me, and I knew he was waiting for me. I mean, even before I was going to head out to the conversation, the Holy Spirit had just been stirring me inside. You're about to have a conversation. You're about to have a conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right. So this person had, had, uh, didn't like actually what Reverend Jim Hockaday had said in one of the services that he was in um, up concerning grace. And he was upset because uh, he, f and, and, and legalism gets this way. Legalism and legalism gets this way. They like to think, and, and it's exactly what the Pharisees and Sadducees did, they like to think that they're the originator and the, and the, uh, the, the judge concerning the dispersion and the, dis and, the, and the leveling out of the law among people. So in other words, they think there's a, 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 an opening, there's, that there's a position available for hire somewhere they think they found it in the scriptures in the godhead <laughs> now i you know me i'm not i'm still god forbid on sin okay but did you and i obey ourselves 
into righteousness. Right? So, is your perfect living right now, because I know you're all living perfectly, and I mean flawlessly by that word, is it keeping your righteousness? Or is Jesus ever living to make intercession for you and I? So, what does that do when you know that truth? It, it gives you that stability when you do get carnal or you yield to something you shouldn't. That no, <laughs> I'm not, you know. And people say, well, why do we apologize? Well, it's not because of broken relationship. It's because of broken fellowship. 1 John 1.9 is dealing with fellowship, not relationship. Your relationship with the Lord is by grace through faith. So obedience is key. Why is obedience key? Because it affects here. So think about it this way. I quoted the verse partway earlier. Faith, what does faith do? It's impossible to please God without faith. You know what the religious mind says? God's mad at me because I'm not walking by faith. That's not what that means. What it means is, just like you with your kids, when they do right, what does it do for you? Yeah. But do you ever stop loving your kid? I mean, they can be really stupid. And you still love them. Now, and, and I'll prove it to you. If somebody was threatening your disobedient child, would you get in the way? Come on. Some of you just got a revelation right there. I know that helped me. <laughs> so, and that's how God is. Now, will God ever reject you? And people say, well, he sends people to hell. Wrong. He lets them go to the place assigned that they chose to go to. We need to quit blaming it on God. It is not his fault. You know, I, one of the, it's, it's uh, one of the most amazing questions to me. And I know it's done out of ignorance, and I understand that it's done out of uh, uh, not knowing, which means, which, it, which I'm very grateful that the majority of it is ignorance, because mercy can be found where ignorance is. Where there's not ignorance and there's just rejection, that's where mercy, you know, gets... You, you, God can't do anything for you because you've shut the door. I've shut the door, right? So God can't do anything for me. But one of the, th one of the most amazing things to me is, is that humans will ask this question. What's amazing about it to me is they know themselves. <laughs> but, but the world is, you know, full of so much deception and there's so much deception going on that it's just like, they don't see it, and I get why they don't see it. But they'll say, well, if God is really a God who loves, and why does he let babies die? And I find it amusing because they're voting for abortionists. It's so tough to have intelligence if you can't see beyond five feet in front of you. Right? 
This is why we pray. This is why we witness. This is why we speak truth. This is why we live a particular way. Why? Because what it does is it opens up an eternal perspective in the temporary. It opens up an eternal um, uh, eyesight or ability to see into a deeper realm. Do you know why it's important that uh, people go to uh, mass uh, you know, like when they have uh, groups meet in mass, whatever group it is, and it's, and it's promoting sinful lifestyles, and people will go down there and risk their lives to preach the gospel. You know, like uh, Jesse Duplantis said, for years, he'd go down in the middle of Mardi Gras, and they would rent the biggest trailer, flatbed, with the most amount of speakers on it, because there's bands playing and stuff, so they have to beat yeah. And he said, we'd get up and preach. He said one year, his wife Kathy went with him. Because Jesse is wild. I mean, he's more refined, I guess, now. But, but he used to be, I mean, he was a rock and roller, right? He said they used to put PCP and popcorn machines in the concerts that they were in. <laughs> but don't worry. You know, the world loves you. They would never harm you. <laughs> Some people are like, what's PCP? <laughs> well, I'll put it to you like this. It's a hallucinogenic. He said, have you ever seen a colonel jump out of your hand and eat your head? Now, I've never done PCP, so I don't know. But I'm pretty sure some, some people that do the cartoons and movies that are produced are on it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's weird, some of the stuff they come up with. But anyway... That was all for free. Anyway, Kathy went with him one time, and she was preaching, and somebody was trying to grab her leg and pull her off the stage because they were so mad about what she was preaching. And uh, Jesse said, he'd, they go down, and he said, you got to be ready to roll. Like, you're, 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 you better know your, you know, uh, stick, stick, you know, hook. You know? In other words, you better be ready to be, be moved because these people are running around nude in the streets. Do you think they care about Jesus? No, they don't. They're, they're drunk, they're high, they're all of that stuff. They don't care about it. But he said they, we'd see people born again. Why? What happened? In the midst of that darkness, light, because of a vessel that was obedient, opened up. Now, that's just on, on being a witness side, right? What about in our day-to-day -day life? So if I'm having problems um, in my business, or if I'm having problems in, for me, the ministry, or if I'm having problems with employees or as an, having, with an employer, if I'm having problems in my marriage or with my kids or my grandkids or, I mean, go down the line, right? Money, uh, relationships in general tend to be a big, big deal, right? If I'm having problem, problems in those areas and I'm praying, but I'm not, I'm not acting on anything. Praying without acting gets the same results as somebody who never started. Okay, I'll say it like this. Praying without acting on the word gets the same results as somebody who never prayed or even looked into possible answers. Right? I won't get a different result. 
I have to make a change. And how many realize this? Your flesh hates that. Mine does too. Hates it. You know how, you know how dumb our flesh is? <laughs> You're supposed to say, how dumb is it, Sean? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> our flesh is so dumb, it'll watch a commercial on dieting. You know, a person with like 42 abs. My abs are in the fridge. All right, so anyway, it'll watch it, and then it'll, it'll go, I'm going to do that. I want that. And then it'll open the fridge and see chocolate cake and go, next week. <laughs> That's how dumb you're in my flesh is. It's dumb. <laughs> it's been infected with the spirit of Stupid. It will sit in a service and go, I want deliverance, and make no changes when they leave the service. It will go into a healing line. Your flesh will motivate you to go into a line for, to have hands laid on you, and it will go, maybe this will make it go away. God doesn't function on maybes. <laughs> he doesn't function on maybes, right? He does not. He functions on absolutes in the spirit. Obedience, much of our difficulty, A.W. Tozer said, much of our difficulty as Christians stems from our unwillingness to take God as he is and adjust our lives accordingly. That is much of our, most of our difficulty. It is the majority of it. I know we want to blame the devil, and the devil owns all rebellion, right? He's the author of it, right? Right? He's the father of lies, correct? And, and, and our flesh, especially in spirit-filled circles, you know, we feel like we really accomplished something if the Spirit of God comes in and moves and we really feel God. I was in a service one time. I'm talking about on our flesh. And I'm not talking about hearing, but what I've found is the greatest strength and the greatest breakthroughs aren't for my life, haven't been out here. They've been in here, and then they've come out here when I've obeyed. Okay? So, <clears throat> as much as I, I uh, believe that we should feel God, because we should, we should sense his presence, all of those things, and that's all good. But people think when they leave that atmosphere that they lost the victory. So you, in order for you and I to lose the victory and to not see or to, 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 over, to uh, live an overcoming life, in order for us to lose the victory, we would have to be not born again. The victory lives in you. But as spirit-filled believers, sometimes we're so in love with the fast drum beat and the woo-hoo that we don't think God's moving unless we feel the woohoo. No, the woohoo is just a benefit of being in the family, but the being in the family, it, I, I'm a McFarlane whether I want to be or not. I am a child of God by birth. So I need to adjust my life to, I'm going to say this. I need to adjust the external portion of my life, my walk, to the reality 
that never changes on the inside of me. That is obedience. I'm not doing that because I want God to uh, let me into heaven. I'm already in. My name's written down. It is a finished work. It is arrogance to think that I could add anything to what Jesus accomplished in, my, in the new birth. What I'm telling the Lord, if I have a mentality of I'm earning this from God, what I'm telling him is, Lord, you didn't do enough. Come on, this will strengthen you, right? It will strengthen you. Faith rests wholly on Christ. Well, then why, do you, why are you preaching holiness and obedience? Well, one... It's really good for our life to have the manifestation of the promises in the natural that are a reality in the spirit. For two, I'm called to be a witness. You know, if I sound and act just like the world, that's a poor witness. But it doesn't make you not a son or a daughter. Obedience is key because obedience opens the door. It's the faith door. Really, you could just say live by faith or walk by faith. But it's the door. It's, it, it, it's what faith and obe obedience releases that grace into the natural. And that anointing, which we're talking about right now in the main service, that anointing then gets into... People say, well, I'm having problems with my kids being rebellious. <clears throat> Make sure you and your wife are in agreement. And I'm not saying agreement, just agreement like, yeah, you and I agree. We agree under God. We're in agreement with God first, and then our agreement comes together down here because we're agreed there first. Well, it doesn't really matter. Oh, brother or sister, it matters huge because what is taking place in the unseen is what matters. We walk by faith, not by sight. Well, what if I'm in a situation where it's just me and I can't get the other spouse or it's me because we're divorced? Well, who can you get an agreement with? The Lord. And if you do that, you're the, the spirit. Of, now, I'm not saying everything will change overnight, but the spirit of the resurrection will begin to take a dominating place in the natural. Now, I'm not talking about you're following them around, making sure they do everything right. My obedience of faith is working right now. Heidi and I's agreement is working right now for Kylie in Colorado. Oh, yes, it is. It is a spiritual law. Well, I'm praying for my kids, but I'm fighting with everybody around me. It won't work. You, you can't. It won't work. You're in disunity with the one who, is, who wants to answer. And people say, well, yeah, it's God's up in there in heaven, not going, mm -mm. no, you can't come to that conclusion. What you have to come to the conclusion of is God has all his ducks in a row. You need to just get in the row. My lack of answer is not God's fault. I know, I know. 
This is, you know, sometimes you just, I just need to give my flesh a good tongue lashing. Now, and I need to say, now sit down, stupid, and listen up. I was in prayer school years ago, and Jim Hockaday was uh, teaching along. He said, sometimes you just got to grab your flesh by the nap of the neck. You got to pull it over to the mirror and go, look here, bud. You're going to line up. I don't care what you feel like. You're getting up on time. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're going to budget the money. You have to, come on, Paul said this. He said, I enslave my body, my members, to righteousness. Not because I want God to love me. My, my God's love to me is unconditional. It's because I want the, the, the flow of heaven to manifest in its fullness here. And this is counter to the culture and to our flesh. Right? Ed Cole said a ton of prayer will not produce what an ounce of obedience will. <laughs> it will not. It won't produce it. Now, you can say, Lord, I just pray I don't speed today. Lord, I, I, I can't have any more tickets. And then you get in your car and speed and get a ticket. And then the Lord, and then you get, and then this is what Christians do. They go, Lord, I prayed about this. I mean, it, it's a simple answer. You don't even need to pray, just don't speed. We lie to ourselves. We think, well, I just can't stop from drinking Pepsi. That's a lie. You can stop anything you want now. It's just your flesh is going to go, ooh, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Listen, if your flesh is doing that, take it outside and run it till it pukes. It'll give up. <laughs> James chapter 1 verse 21 <laughs> again hearing from wisdom and then not acting will produce the same results in our lives as never hearing James chapter 1 verse 21 therefore lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness what does that sound like now, now, let me say this. Who is James written to? It is written to the brethren, according to James 1, 2. Can I ask you something? Why, is, why are the brethren maintaining filthiness and the overflow of wickedness? You notice what James didn't say? He didn't say, get born again, you ding-dongs. Hello, Are you, do you read your Bible or does your religion read it for you? Your denomination. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love it. And people say, well, it just gets confusing. No, 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 what the problem is is you're navigating false thinking in your head. When you look at the word and you read it, and it says something, and you go, I don't know about that. Guess who's wrong? 
Come on. But, 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 but Christians aren't taught to think like that. Because as Brother Hagin would say, they've been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. That's good teaching. That's, I mean, that's a good instruction, right? I read stuff in the Bible and I think, the Lord says, you need to love in such a way to where you have no ill toward anybody. You know what ill is? A slight feeling of disgust. It's a slight, mm, I don't really like them. God doesn't do that. And he says, don't, you don't do it either. Oh. Well, Lord, how am I going to do that? And he said, Sean, it's my power. Stop trying to obey me in your strength. Come on, stop trying to get the healing to work in your own power. It works on his power. This is how we move from works. This is how we move from the law in the Old Testament to the, as Galatians says, the law of liberty. See, the law under the Old Covenant tells you you're wrong, but doesn't give you power to overcome. But the New Covenant empowers you to win. And we use the word win. I don't even like, that's a worldly word. It empowers you to live as, as we saw demonstrated in Jesus' life. Winning is obedience to God. Success is obedience to God. It's being conformed to Christ. It isn't making the NFL. It isn't, you know, making $10 billion. It isn't becoming the most influential person in all the world. No, no, none of that. None of that. Those are byproducts. You know, I love it. I, I laugh. I laugh. I absolutely laugh inside. And I never used to. I used to watch the Hall of Fame inductees for the NFL. And I'd think, oh, man, that's awesome. And, you know, they all, they all make this statement. You've been enshrined forever in Ohio, in the Hall of Fame. Enshrined forever. How's that working out for Pharaoh? Enshrined. We, we, we don't believe in God or eternity, but we've been enshrined forever. While this former NFL player hobbles up the stairs to get in front of the podium because they've been so beat up by... No, 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 no. There's success is defined by Christ. Obedience is, 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 is to Christ and conformity to his image is the definition of success. Come on, think about the rich guy, right? I got all this money. I'm going to build bigger barns. And what does Jesus say? You fool, you're going to die tomorrow. Well, I don't want to think about that. I do. Because I'm to work from the eternal. It doesn't matter what you amass here. It'll never compare to what you have in heaven. It won't even come close. And then on top of that, we're coming back anyway. And God's not going to look at what we amass and go, ooh, ooh, 
Well, t- tell me, how did you do that? <laughs> He's not going to. He's going to go, we need to remove that because I got something better. But everything soul-wise, spirit, kingdom-wise, kingdom-oriented, will have an eternal value that the fire of heaven won't consume. Obedience. Well, Sean, your, your thinking is getting just, it's getting way out there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you could include me in the category with Paul and Jesus as crazy, I would appreciate that. Please do. You know, Paul's preaching about the resurrection and about life after death and about Jesus raising up, and this king looks at him and says, Paul, your much learning has made you mad. And Paul didn't correct him. He just, you know, kept going. But in reality, their lack of learning has made them mad. Mine has made me sane. Because I'm aware of the fact that this is the shortest thing we will ever do. And when you have that thinking, you never have a sense of, I'm missing out. Fear of missing out. I guess that's a thing, FOMO. FOMO. There's BOGO, but that's different. That's buy one, get one. That's different. FOMO is fear of missing out. Well, if I don't get a go and be a part and go to, and if I don't get to, and it's all usually natural things. And we live like we're going to live down here forever. Do you know I'm not missing any days with my dad, even though he left the planet early? None. I'm not missing any. And people say, well, no, he, he died before he was supposed to. Yeah, but again, blink, we're done. Again, it's a vapor. And we're, we're, we're out of here. And then, do you think we're going to sit in heaven and pine over the NFL game we didn't get to go to? (laughs) Or the play date that didn't happen? Do you think we're going to be up there like, oh my goodness, I could have gone, you know, and, and, you know, drove to the road to the sun one more time. And I like to go to the road to the sun. I think it's fun. I like Flathead Lake. Polson's actually not a bad town. That's a nice little town. Golf course was great. But I'm not going to be in heaven like, man, I wish I was back in Polson at that golf course. This is so unfair. I'm going to be in heaven going, hey, Dad, what do you want to do? Or, Lord, what's the plan today? And guess what? All the I love yous I didn't get to say? <laughs> Eternity. Hello. I'm going to be like, hey, Dad, love you. Yeah, I love you too, son. Hug it out, hug it out, hug it out. Believers shouldn't be crippled by things that the world's crippled by. (laughs) 
Therefore, laying aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The first phrase there, laying aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness. This statement deals directly with obedience. It is speaking to temporal sanctification or as Romans 13, 14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. What we have is a picture of clothing. You have a righteousness on the inside that I need to put on the outside. So laying aside has to do with, I, I'm going to lay aside this old garment of sin that I used to function in, and I'm going to put on my new nature of righteousness, and I'm going to function in that. I'm not putting it on because I'm trying to earn my righteousness. I'm putting it on because I am righteous. I am righteous right now because of Christ. What is that? That's obedience. So you're laying aside the old clothing of sin and putting on the new clothing of righteousness. This is an illustration of holiness being worked out in our daily lives, or we could say obedience. This is something we must do ourselves. This is an act of obedience that is required of us. God is not going to make us obey. Don't pray, Lord, make me do. He's not going to make you do anything. There's only one spirit in the spirit world that makes people do stuff. It's a demon spirit. Amen. Okay? So, God is not going to make... God's part is to empower our action of faith, which he always does. So when I walk in obedience, according to the wisdom that's been given to me by faith, there is a release of God's power into the situation. Now, whether that be I need light or understanding to be able to navigate through a difficult thing or through a challenge that I'm facing, or whether it be I need the power of heaven to come into a, my physical body or something like that to change the physical makeup of what is taking place because I know by the written word that it's demonic. I know that it's not of God. So when I begin to cooperate and obey and follow God's truth and his word, and I begin to walk out the things that I'm supposed to in obedience, there's actually a resisting of the enemy and a submitting to God. Now, everybody in here, because we're spirit-filled believers, understands the principle, which is part of the resisting process, where we take authority with our voice over the enemy. But many times we miss the reality of the need for obedience. So what does that mean? That means that in conjunction with the confession of my mouth, my feet need to take an action. And when I do, that is actually part of submitting to God and resisting the devil. It's actual, obedience is a function of spiritual authority. Obedience is a function of spiritual authority. When I choose to walk in love rather than respond out of the nature of my flesh, I am in the spirit stabbing the enemy. I have my shield up, my sword ready. I have on the breastplate, the helmet. I have my loins girt about with truth. I have my feet prepared with the gospel of peace. When I step out, now I can speak and that's a part of it. But if I speak and never do, 
I can pray that I want to win souls, but if I won't walk to where I believe I'm supposed to witness some, to somebody, if I won't take my friend out for coffee, if I won't engage the neighbor in conversation and I just pray, Amen. Eventually, if I'm going to walk in forgiveness, I have to stop being mad. Well, I feel it. Well, you little feeler. Feel on and see where it gets you. But I'd rather walk in the spirit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's liberating. Ah. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm no, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be upset. Well, it's not fair. <laughs> Neither is grace. Jesus said, I want you to love people the way I love you. That means I go, I love people the way you do, Lord. And I need to confess that. But then what do I need to do? Do it. Keith Moore shared a testimony one time. Uh, here's some scriptures. Let me share these first, and I'll get back to that. 2 Timothy 2.22 and 23. Paul said, flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness. What does that sound like? Walk in de disobedience to, uh, to youthful lusts. Just disobey the flesh. <laughs> I know, it's just like, we are so conditioned to this world. Pursue righteousness, what does that mean? Obey. Right? All right, here's another one, James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil. What does that mean? Obey God, disobey the devil. I'm gonna, you know, sometimes we, we do, we feel like we have to work it up, you know, like, Pray in tongues for seven hours and be like, I'm ready for you, devil. And then you go outside and get mad at the first car that drives slow in front of you. <laughs> you may not be as ready as you think. The, the, the problem probably is not more prayer. It's a lack of renewal of the mind and the control of the body. Prayer has its place, amen? But I'm trying to get you to see the obedience thing. 1 Peter 5, 6. Sorry, James 4, 7 and 8 if you, if you go back. And then 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. What? Well, deserve this. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Well, I'm the smartest person in the room. So humble yourself. Well, I have degrees upon degrees. I'm 100 degrees. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm called to preach. Great. Humble yourself. What is humbling myself? It's me obeying the Lord. Do you know there are times where I know, I, I've known that I'm supposed to preach in a certain place or, in a, or gonna be in a certain position, but it's like 10 years until it happens. 10 years. Can you wait 10 years? What if after 10 years it was worth it? I will say it this way. The Lord is very this way. The moment you're ready 
And guess what? Usually he'll know you're ready and you're going to feel un or not ready. You're going to be excited and get into it and then you're going to go, oh, you're going to be like that guy that, I don't know if it's General Patton, I don't remember which general it was, but he's in the middle of a battlefield standing over a soldier who's in a foxhole crying and bullets are whizzing by him, this general, and he's not even moved by it. And, he, and he's looking down going, son, that ain't going to do you no good down there. You're going to have to get up out of there and fight. And the guy's, you know, and eventually he gets up and has the courage and goes, right? And that's what it'll be like the moment you get into ministry, if you're called to that ministry. Everybody's called to ministry, you understand. So I'll just help you for all of those that think that that application doesn't apply to you. It applies to your marriage. It applies to your business. It applies to your name it. I don't care what it is. I don't care. The moment you're in God's call, people say, oh, no, everything's going to go bad. No, the enemy hates the fact that you're in it, and he attacks. That's why there's so many regulations on what an elder is. It's not because God's in heaven going, you're not good enough, you little stinker. He knows what's coming from the enemy, and he knows if you're not strong and mature, you'll get bam. The enemy will take you out, and that's what the Bible declares. Pride. The enemy will take a, 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 an immature person in ministry and take him out. He'll take him out with pride. All right, last story, and then we'll quit. We need to obey, correct? Don't worry, I got through verse 1, and I'm going through verse 26. So, you know. <laughs> Did you get something, though? I won't end it. I'll probably just end it, but I just pause things and then come back later. Okay, so... Story real quick. Who's the meeting today? Security's the meeting today. All right, so here, here's the story. Keith Moore was doing healing school at uh, Rama, which is, uh, um, anyway, so Kenneth Hagin Ministries. They were doing healing school. And there was a gentleman there that was one of the nicest gentlemen, and he had some sort of disease that was taking him out. And uh, they were working with him and working with him, and he couldn't figure out why he wasn't getting healed. I mean, he, was, he said he was so nice, just a kind person, gentle. Well, one day he was praying about it. Lord, show me, where are we missing it here? Because obviously he wants the guy to get healed, right? That's why he's there. And one day, he, he's, he, this particular line of business came up in conversation with this gentleman. And they were talking about it, and he said he watched this guy shift all of a sudden. And his whole countenance changed. There was a business deal where he was making lots of money and his business was doing well. And one of his partners snaked him, took the, basically took the business out from under him and he didn't know it and stole all the business and it shut his business down. This guy was so upset. He said, if I, if I, he said, I'll tell you, if I could, I'd get a tank and drive up in front of that store and blow it off the block. And the Holy Spirit right then spoke to Keith Moore and said, that is why he's not getting healed. It's not because God doesn't want him healed. What is the problem? He's, he's not forgiving. He's not walking in obedience. And so God's blessing is right here. But if I shut the door and then I open the door to the enemy, amen? Okay, bless you guys. 
thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.